0: Hello and welcome to Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Ethan.
1: And I'm Vanessa.
0: Vanessa, today is an exciting day. Before we get into this episode, I want to talk about uh, reboots and revivals, something that's been happening just more and more lately, feels like no show can ever stay dead, it's always got to come back, everything's nostalgic, <laughs> and I low-key hate it, but also... I love it when a thing that I like is coming back. Of course, I'm talking about Futurama coming back to us after being canceled for the fourth time 10 years ago. They're bringing it back on Hulu. I'm so excited, (laughs) and I hope that it goes really well. Do you have any any reboots or revivals that you are a particular fan of or maybe hated?
1: (laughs) So I... I'm notorious for not watching the revivals of things because even if they ended really poorly, I just really like the the relic of whatever old show I was watching. So the only one that I really can think about watching was Will and Grace. Oh yeah. When they rebooted Will and Grace, I was like so into it. I still haven't watched it, but oh. I was very much like i'm gonna watch this of course i haven't but <laughs> it's the only one
0: um i've seen a few episodes of like will and grace one and it's like pretty all right i haven't seen the original show but they had that oh, new one on for a few years and yeah. i've seen a few episodes and they were like pretty funny so like good for them for just being able to continue it at like roughly pretty good quality
1: i think it got canceled recently but I like I really want to go back and watch it because the ending of Will and Grace didn't really sit well with me. And so I'm excited to like come back to these characters in a better way many years later. also, so this is this is also a show that i I haven't actually watched any of the original, and I have never watched any of the reboot. but um, there's this show called Murphy Brown, and apparently the the show itself back in the 80s and 90s was like amazing. The reboot was really really good and I I really want to see it. I I'm I'm desperate to find the original Murphy Brown.
0: What is that about?
1: Oh my god, so it's about this um I don't even know what it's about like too much. I've only <laughs> seen like two or three episodes, but everyone I know is like Vanessa, you need to watch this show. Everyone I know, meaning, like my mom who watched it in its original run. She's like, "Vanessa, you'd love this show." <laughs> um so it's about um Candace Bergen is the main character and she runs this newsroom, I think. And it's like, it's very like, I guess, feminist for the time oh, okay. and just kind of like making strides for like women in the workplace. I'm like, yeah, I really like that. That's cool.
0: Yeah, that, that seems like kind of your your kind of bag. <laughs> uh, I, I see that. But I have to say that one revival that I was like super disappointed in was when they did that new season or two of The X-Files. I haven't seen like a lot of the original X-Files, but when they brought that back, I was like, "Oh, I'm super excited for that." And then I watched the first episode and it was like, "Oh, never mind. I I I just can't with this."
1: <laughs> I'm shocked because this is I think the first I'm hearing that they revived The X-Files. That's what? crazy Oh, to they me. did it. I a didn't few know years that. Ago.
0: I think we wow. were still in high school. Yeah, they brought it back they had Mulder and Scully, and I know that Mulder and Scully low key leave the series uh, <laughs> like towards the end of the original run. So like bringing them back was all cool, and I do love the, f- the first few original seasons of the X Files. Like I think that's very good television. So I was like super excited to see them try to like bring it back to the quality of the original like early run of the show. And then I just didn't like the first episode, so I never, I never went back.
1: Oh, that sucks! That sucks because I know that they, I think, what was it last time, two times ago, we talked about movies, like TV shows getting movies. Oh yeah, X Files did get their their own movie. Like two or three movies. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so that sucks that the revival was like not great.
0: Maybe I'm in the minority for that because I know it did run for at least two seasons. Mm-hmm. But I I just, I wasn't into it. And I think they even had Vince Gilligan back, like, writing some episodes. Oh, wow. uh, because he was, uh, Vince Gilligan, creator, Breaking Bad, like, started as a writer on X-Files. And I think he wrote, like, two or three episodes for it. That's really So cool. maybe those are really good, because I think Vince <laughs> Gilligan is an incredible writer, but... I just I just wasn't sold on it and you know, it, it happens. But anyway, let's move on from this to a show that I can't imagine will ever be rebooted just oh, logistically. God, I hope not. <laughs> um, our friends at the 4077 mash baby. Let's talk about this episode. <laughs> so this episode was Dear Dad. Again, uh, Hawkeye Rice's father once again informing of all the various things that happened around camp. Notably, he recapped stories about Klinger, Radar, Frank, and a new surgeon who isn't quite what he seems. Vanessa, <laughs> what did you think of this return to the Dear Dad
1: format? So, like I said last time when we had a Dear Dad episode, the first Dear Dad episode, I really liked the voiceover. I don't know, so- something about having a voiceover in certain episodes but not like have the entire show be a voiceover I really like and again I think I mentioned it last time that you can kind of watch the show through this lens that Hawkeye's talking to his dad so this episode opens with Hawkeye saying oh sorry I haven't written recently and you can kind of get this sense that from the last episode, with whatever happened in the last episode, time has now passed. So I, I really liked it, and in general, I just really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was very fun and funny. I actually kind of liked it more than the first Year Dad episode. I think
0: this one was definitely more structured. It definitely had more mm-hmm. of a an actual plot, and I agree with you with your point on the narration. I really like narration as a like narrative device, but I'm glad that this show only uses it sparingly. I think when they do use it, it's very effective. And I really like this one as well. This one was a lot of fun. And I also understand what you're saying with like time has passed between last episode because it does kind of feel like something's happened. Like I feel like Hawkeye's a little bit more gray in this one. I don't know if you (laughs) noticed that. But uh, I feel like his hair is just a little bit gray on the temples, and I'm like, oh, Oh, that's so funny. He's starting to to go his glorious gray that he eventually (laughs) does.
1: No, I didn't notice that. That's so funny. But yeah, definitely, you can get the sense that time passed from like such a heavy episode last time that they're kind of they're moving away from that with this kind of lighter, more fluffy episode. Yeah. So do you want to do you want to just start with how the episode opens like that opening scene in the OR? I loved that. I thought it was really funny.
0: Oh, when they're when they're uh like badgering Frank and everything. Uh that yeah. was very good. And even Henry is like, "Frank, how did you end up in the army?" That's how fed up he is
1: with Frank. Yeah. <laughs> so in this scene, they have um <laughs> there's a lot of shelling going on and then the power goes out and one of the just kind of it's a very opening scene but like one of the lines when the power goes out like frank says oh my god who's panicking no one's panicking don't worry no one's panicking and henry goes frank you're panicking stop <laughs> and i just loved it
0: yeah i loved when the lights were out by the way i i will always note that this show is like weirdly beautiful looking Uh, like, just really nice cinematography for some reason, uh, in this old sitcom, but when the lights are out and everything's dark, it just, like, looks really nice.
1: Yeah, then in this scene also, we get this introduction of the new Doctor character, Captain Adam Casey, and Hawkeye establishes right off the bat that he's this great surgeon, like, he's, like, he's really good, he rivals Hawkeye, and... That'll come into play a little bit later, but I just wanted to introduce Captain Casey, who... crazy.
0: <laughs> I know that he, his storyline kind of evolves throughout the episode, but I just want to say right off the bat that I really did like this character. And I kind of wish that uh, this actor was able to stay because he had a lot of like charisma.
1: Yeah, he did such a good job.
0: Like, he's really standout. Like, I wish this was a recurring character, but <laughs> also I understand... How his story concludes, why he he cannot be, <laughs>
1: why well, he can't be a recurring character. Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> that was insane. We'll get to that. Yeah, but this is again kind of a vignette structure. Mm-hmm. So, what is the next little event that we cover? Is it is it Hawkeye eating at the mess tent nude? No, is that no, the no. Next right. One?
1: So right before that is um this scene with Klinger.
0: <laughs> All right. Klinger's like the VIP of the Dear Dad episodes. The last Dear Dad was also pretty Klinger focused Yeah. Maybe they were exclusively using him in this setting for a little bit before they decided to branch him out.
1: I love every episode with Klinger, but especially the early ones where it's kind of a novelty where he's in dresses and stuff. It's so funny.
0: I loved this one in particular because it kind of establishes Klinger's uh, whole bit. Uh, of him being in dresses and everyone is like, well, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Hawkeye is just like, well, you look great. It's beautiful. Like, like they establish that he is doing it to get out of the army. But also, it's also established that they're all very nonchalant about it. And it's, it's a good time. I love Klinger. I think Jamie Farr is a great comedic actor for this character. I think he sells him really well. It's just very sweet every time he's on screen because he's such a sweet character.
1: I thought it was really interesting, too, this when Hawkeye's voiceover is supposed to be like writing to his dad, he established that Klinger was like his role there at the moment is he's an orderly, which I, I just never knew before and cuz i didn't know what klinger's like actual purpose of being there was i guess um he was just yeah, always there to me i think it changes over time <laughs> yeah it does but like i i when he's there also like with radar it's just like I never knew it. I don't know. I-, I was just so shocked when I found out when they said a clinger an orderly. I was like, an orderly? How is he walking around in heels and is an orderly? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know what an orderly is. I'm really, uh, I don't know.
1: Oh, it's um. So an orderly is basically somebody who just like transports patients. Like he oh. he brings them into the OR, and you know, basically just kind of assists with bringing the patients into surgery and like transporting them back out of post op and stuff like that.
0: Okay, cool. Um was there <laughs> any standout moments uh, with this little little Klinger interaction before we kind of move on to the next segment?
1: So, we see Klinger and Klinger brings Hawkeye um X-rays and he's in a full white wedding dress and I really loved the fact that Hawkeye's only kind of reaction was he complimented the dress. He was like, It's that piece is amazing. Like it's not gaudy or anything. And <laughs> and he's like, But the only thing you need is a slip because it's see-through and we can see your underwear.
0: <laughs> right. And Clinger's like, I have a million slips back in my tent. <laughs> Again, this very nonchalant, like very chilled out, just wholesome. The way they handle Klinger, I think, is so fun. It's just always so fun. And I love that he commented on it being a white wedding dress. And, like, Klinger just stops and be like, well, I'm entitled to it. I'm a virgin. It was just so cute. (laughs) Coyne's so cute. I love him.
1: And so after that, Hawkeye just basically is like, just get out of here. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Just leave. (laughs) But then I should mention just right after this, this is a very small scene, but it's very important. Hawkeye starts talking about Father Mulcahy, and Father Mulcahy is like gardening or doing whatever, and he hurts his back. So Captain Casey comes up and he's like, Oh, Father, I can, I can, if your back's hurting, I can fix it for you. So he does. He goes into Father Mulcahy's tent and like cracks his back or whatever, just kind of driving home the point that this guy is like really a talented doctor. And then right after. Yeah, and then so Captain Casey says, oh, ca- is, can we treat this as a confessional? And so Father Mulcahy gets really serious. Like, yeah, of course, you know, I'm a priest. You can you can tell me anything. And Captain Casey goes, yeah, I'm not a real doctor. <laughs> and I was like, what?
0: <laughs> Mulcahy just, like, collapses. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, and that that kind of kicks off our, like, overarching plot. It It's not returned to you for a little bit. We do get more... Just a little vignettes, but I I like how this one has kind of a dramatic structure to it, where there yeah. is something building that like was missing in the last one. I really like the 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 Captain Casey whole thing. I like his plotline, uh, and just how it resolves. I think it's very well done.
1: I thought it was really funny though that they kind of they, they drop this thing on us on the audience that. Oh, this doctor that's supposed to be really good is actually not a real doctor. And mm-hmm. then they don't return to it until like the last ten minutes of the episode. You're like, what? Wait, yes. wait a minute.
0: <laughs> well, we had other we had other jokes to do. We had uh we had a whole other skits, like Hawkeye going into the mess tent naked. Oh my which god. <laughs> was my personal favorite. I thought that was uh so weird and funny and like Austin Powersy when he actually leaves <laughs> the tent. And all these things are like blocking all the, you know, unmentionable areas. It was it was a good time. <laughs> I thought it was so funny.
1: So Hawkeye and Trapper bet that because everybody a- everything is,
0: kind of is just, so crazy.
1: Yeah, they so Hawkeye makes a bet with Trapper that he could walk into the mess tent and order lunch completely naked, and no one would bat an eye. And so Trapper's like, "Yeah, sure, you're on." So Hawkeye leaves the tent naked. And I really, I like you said. There were um, just the scenes, like kind of like covering his uh, private parts.
0: Yeah, everything coming in at the right moment.
1: <laughs> I love very that. That Austin was so... Powers. It was so, like, for me, it was, like, you would see this on a sitcom now, like, just kind of, like, blocking out the, you know, private parts that can't be shown on TV with these very, like, convenient, like, oh, someone's moving this sign, someone's doing this, and you can't see. And I just, I absolutely loved it.
0: Even though it is kind of an overdone gag, it's a very funny gag that, (laughs) it's the way, how creative you can get with it. Um, Or if, like, the Simpsons movie, where it's, like, I'm, I'm not going to talk about that, actually.
1: <laughs> I know what you're talking about, though. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but it's just a good bit, and he almost gets away with it until uh, he goes into the mess tent, and just some guy, uh, after like he orders food, I think, like he's fully yeah. kind of in there. This guy looks at him and like drops his tray, and everyone <laughs> notices. And I kind of wish that he got away with it. I kind of wish that nobody even commented on it because that would have been even more funny yeah. but when people do notice Clinger goes to him like oh that's very tasteful <laughs> kind of parroting back what uh, Hawkeye said to him and I was like this is this is just good this is a good bit <laughs> I it know I love that, that I would watch on YouTube <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is definitely in one of those compilation videos <laughs> that we yeah. were talking about it's a couple gonna butter back my biscuits. <laughs> I really also loved that um, everyone just started clapping when they realized that Hawkeye was naked. I couldn't believe that right off the bat, they were like, oh my God, there's a naked man just right there. And
0: he <laughs> looks good, probably. Let's be real. <laughs> Hawkeye's a very handsome
1: man. He is. And then so Trapper says to Hawkeye, oh, yeah, you owe me 50 bucks. Because that was right. the bet. He and then the bet. The Hawkeye <laughs> goes, I left my pockets in the swamp. And then he walks that out with, killed me. with the tray,
0: first putting it over, like putting his food tray over his chest. Yeah. And then bringing it down, which I thought was so funny.
1: That was a bit of visual humor that was just like perfectly placed for me. I loved that. It was so, the whole thing was just so good. So then right after that, we get this scene with Radar and Henry. And I I absolutely love this. It was really funny and it was really sweet and really wholesome. I just, I absolutely loved it. Do you want to explain the scene a little bit?
0: Apparently, Mr. Radar, first of all, he brings uh, Henry paperwork as he always does. And it's just like sign it, sign it, sign it. And Henry like takes notice of like what things actually are for the first time in his entire army career. (laughs) And it turns out that Radar did not graduate from high school and is taking this like diploma equivalency course and is trying to get out of taking the final by having Henry just kind of mindless signing that he passed. And this whole bit was also again this is just a good episode this is just a good a wholesome episode really because this whole bit is like very father son good mm-hmm. good vibes kind of whole thing
1: first of all i have to note that i can't believe that radar <laughs> does not have a high school diploma and he's just in the middle of a war zone like that's crazy
0: he's apparently 19 he uh you know maybe just Left high school, went into the war.
1: Yeah, of course. I just think it's like kind of like going off of the theme of last episode of how do we send these kids to a war zone when they're not even they haven't even graduated high school. It's just it's insane. So We always
0: have to make everything depressing on this show. We can't ever have just a funny bit.
1: It was something I noted. (laughs) Um, so Henry kind of refuses to sign this piece of paper saying that radar had passed the test. And (laughs) and because he's like, I have a I have a private practice to keep up with, like my reputation, et cetera, et cetera. He basically doesn't care about his army reputation whatsoever, um, which I think is funny. So Henry's like, I'll administer the test for you, and then when you pass, I'll sign off. So Raider's like, Okay, sure. Meanwhile, he gives Henry the test, and the seal to the test is broken. So it's kind of revealed that radar peeked at the answers and he tried to memorize the answers but he memorized them in the wrong order so when henry is giving him the test he's like saying all of these answers to different questions it's it's played really really well and really funny
0: it was it was a good reminder of how young radar is supposed to be um it was just good like cuz I do think of Radar as like a smart character. He's uh, yeah. even in this episode they they talk about how he has like telekinetic powers of like <laughs> knowing everything but like not wanting to take a test being so nervous about it even though he probably does know all this stuff that he decided it was better for him to cheat to make sure that he passed was very sweet i love how they characterize radar in this one that he is like not cheating out of being malicious uh he's cheating because he's extremely nervous about taking the test yeah
1: they even say like henry henry is talking to him And radar says, like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm just super, super nervous. And so at the end, Henry basically lets radar pass. (laughs) And I took it as like Henry was being so supportive throughout the whole thing, like, Hey, come on, like, you know this, you know this.
0: He probably does. It wasn't hard questions.
1: And then I took it as Henry let him pass because he knew that he knew the answers, but he was just too nervous to really do it. And maybe, maybe, maybe Radar was a bad test taker. Maybe that's why he didn't have his, you know, high school diploma in the first place. Who knows?
0: But. Tests aren't for everyone. U.S. education. Come on.
1: (laughs) This was before No Child Left Behind, Ethan. Of course, uh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So then, right after that scene, we get to my absolute favorite scene of the whole episode. (laughs) i loved this scene so it's this scene where frank and margaret are fighting because for some reason i forget exactly the reason like margaret says that frank you know only uses her for like her body and that she's smart and stuff and honestly i was really here for the fact that margaret was like yeah i'm too good for frank but you know we didn't get to explore that too much um
0: yeah she kind of she kind of dropped out after this little introduction of this this bit you know a Frank bit is good when you like it.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> so after we get this kind of scene that doesn't really have much talking in it, but you get the idea that Frank and Margaret were fighting. Frank comes back into, into the swamp and he asks for a drink. And Hawkeye and Radar just completely freak out. They're like, you, Frank, want a drink, but you might loosen up a little bit. <laughs> and I, I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was so funny.
0: Yeah, first of all, I have to mention that when Frank goes into uh the the tent, Hawkeye is just telling these awful oh knock my God. knock jokes to, oh my
1: God, yes. to Trapper,
0: and he's like Trapper's just done with it, and F- Hawkeye's like losing his mind, laughing at his own <laughs> jokes, and it was so genuine. Like it was such like a I've never really had like roommate kind of situation, but I felt like it was such a genuine like roommate thing to do it was so <laughs> cute uh this
1: episode was cute man i know i really like this episode and with the knock knock jokes right before frank enters the tent because they're just so bad trapper goes hawkeye i never liked you and i lost it at that part i just i laughed so hard and then the rest of the scene was also just really funny oh my god i loved it then frank proceeds to get like rip roaring drunk he is just gone and in the next scene after he starts drinking it's much later at night and he's got alcohol dribbled down his shirt and he's singing he's singing these made-up songs and hawkeye and trapper are just like frank stop go to bed that's enough and frank is just trying so hard to like have friends in this moment it was so sweet yeah
0: (laughs) it reminded me of the bit where in an earlier episode when they're playing poker or something and frank Mm -hmm. comes in and is kind of like defeated that they don't want him to join the poker game and he's like i can be a a regular guy like this is him being a regular guy and it was (laughs) yeah i can see why this is your favorite I'm honestly kind of surprised that it is because normally you hate Frank, but again, this this whole bit is very good and very humanizing for him.
1: Yeah, anything that really humanizes Frank is some of the best because he's so annoying as a character. But <laughs> I just really, I so and I, I really bad like it. for him. Like, I him know he's like drunkenly
0: singing about everything, and like Hawkeye and Trapper not having any of it, like. <laughs> I it was like this man needs a real friend, and I know that like Hulahand is his friend, but like he needs a he needs a like a buddy, you know?
1: Yeah, I honestly i i don't <laughs> i don't necessarily support like drinking until you can't remember things, but maybe maybe Frank just needs to drink sometimes. <laughs> maybe then he could just be a normal guy. I thought it was really funny though that he goes to Hawkeye and Trapper, and he's like. My brother used to call me Ferret Face.
0: Is this the first Ferret Face in the show or is it said earlier? I genuinely don't know.
1: I don't know. I th- I'm i almost positive it's said earlier, but I'm not sure. But I So I like to think that this is where Ferret Face comes from. Even if they did say it sooner, I, yeah. I really like to think that Hawkeye and Trapper kind of just clung on to this.
0: Let's just pretend it is. Let's pretend <laughs> if they said Ferret Face earlier... Like, this episode happened earlier.
1: (laughs) If they said ferret face earlier, no, they didn't. That's it.
0: (laughs) Head cannon.
1: (laughs) So after this crazy scene with Frank just being so drunk. Wait,
0: I have to mention, again, like, the show being weirdly beautiful, there's no lights on, and then he's just, like, walking around with the one lamp above him, and Hawkeye just tells him, like, oh, fall down. And he just does, and he like bumps the lamp and it just swings. And I was like, that is, that's like evocative imagery right there. Any swinging lamp in the darkness, I'm like, oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful filmic (laughs) moment.
1: Yeah, and that's how they end the scene too, where Frank is like, let's do something. And Hawkeye's like, yeah, Frank, fall down. And he's like, oh, okay. And he just falls (laughs) down and like passes out. It was, it was so good. It was a
0: good, good bit. I love drunk Frank. Let's get more drunk Frank. Let's see that boy <laughs> be a <all> loose cannon. <laughs> so we go from this very like jokey, funny uh, scene to a more serious scene where it is revealed to Hawkeye that Casey is not who he seems. He gets like a dossier basically saying, like this guy is not a doctor. And Hawkeye kind of confronts him about that while they're in the OR and it wasn't like overly serious, but it was definitely the, the most serious that this episode is uh, mm-hmm. ever. And this whole bit I think is again, really well handled and really well written. And I like Casey despite him being a like criminal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it was kind of crazy. Like I know that Hawkeye is not really, you know, a stickler for rules, especially army rules. But, well, this
0: is an army rules. This is doctor rules. They're different.
1: But he's also passing himself off as a captain too, and he's a sergeant. Like he's not. He his name is Sergeant Schwartz, not right. Captain Jewish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. <laughs>
0: Which comes into play later with how that everything resolves that he is like Jewish, but <laughs> we'll we'll get to that.
1: Yeah, I just I honestly thought it was crazy because so Hawkeye somehow radar finds this out. I don't think Father Mulcahy said anything because like technically he can't because it's like priest yeah, person it's privilege. Like
0: confidentiality.
1: <laughs> yeah. So radar somehow finds it out, tells Hawkeye, Hawkeye confronts him, and Casey goes, So are you going to like basically throw the book at me? And or blow the whistle is what he says. And Hawkeye's like, No, I'm not gonna do that, as long as you promise to get off this compound in the next 24 hours and never touch a patient again without a license. And Hawkeye says, but when you do have a license, like come back and find me because you're a really, really talented doctor and surgeon. And I thought that that was so, so sweet. Yeah. And then, then it blew my mind. Cause Casey goes, yeah, I've posed as um like a lawyer and an engineer and now a doctor and I just never had the patience to get a degree for any of the things. Like I can do all this stuff, but I just you know and I was like, wow, that's insidious. I'm I'm kind of shocked at this.
0: No, again, I really liked this character. I thought, uh, especially the actor's performance was really good at selling him to not be insidious but i do understand where you're coming from him being able to literally everything without any training or certification was kind of stretching the bounds of reality but i liked this bit that he is very very good at everything that he tries to do but just doesn't put in the energy to actually be certified in doing it I thought that, that was like some kind of commentary on something that I couldn't quite like pick up on, but I'm sure that was like trying to, to say something about society at the time. Who knows?
1: <laughs> I took it as like, don't forget to apply yourself, kids. <laughs> Not really, like, but I know what you're talking about.
0: No, that probably was it because you have to remember that any any show like in the 70s, even like this adult one. Still had to have those those moral lessons and be like mm-hmm. for families. And it was probably was a, a lesson specifically targeted at kids to motivate themselves and like,
1: yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know about that maybe, but...
0: maybe not, but like it probably was like a specific moral lesson.
1: I I actually take it as maybe the opposite. Maybe the show was trying to say, like, look at all of these people who have so much potential, but, you know, if school's not for them, maybe, oh. you know, they're not, you know, they can't do these things because they right. require so many degrees.
0: With Radar not being able to pass this test, maybe that was the thematic through line that, like, school isn't for everyone. I think we just stumbled on a deeper meaning to this episode <laughs> than maybe I like it was it. intended. <laughs>
1: We're, we're giving we're giving the writers a lot of credit for something that maybe isn't even there, but I, I'm going to take it as that's what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. I really like this scene. This is maybe the most stern that Hawkeye ever gets is that he's like, there's no leeway. Like, you cannot... Uh, even if you're yeah, you good, can't. you yeah, cannot no. operate.
1: At least Hawkeye has like so that that moral moral high that ground. Moral ground that, that's a line that he's not going to cross. Like you can't yeah. be operating on people, but not a doctor. <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> that's very dangerous. Yeah, and again, this actor is very good. I think he does a great job of being fairly sincere about it uh, without mm. sounding like an evil supervillain.
1: Yeah, and then right after that more serious scene, we get this funny scene, which was definitely kind of more just fluffy because the episode was essentially over at that point.
0: I love this scene, though. The scene is great.
1: <laughs> Hawkeye is writing to his dad and says, oh, thanks for sending over your tuxedo. It's making our non-talent talent show like so much better. And so we cut to this scene. Uh, I think it's in the mess tent. And they kind of converted it into where there's this stage, and Hawkeye and Trapper and Radar and Henry are all like playing these instruments. Henry is conducting, and it's like the funniest thing to see him just waving waving his hands,
0: hands, (laughs) like completely not doing anything, and they're all (laughs) playing out of tune. And Margaret starts singing "Blue Heaven," I think. Was it what was the song? Do you remember?
1: I think. I'm I'm honestly not sure. I skipped past it because I didn't oh. want to hear it. Um
0: <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, you're more familiar with this than I am.
1: Yeah, I I have actually I have seen that bit so many times that I'm yeah. like, I can't watch this again. But what I'm I think is really sure funny
0: that the song she was singing too is a song that they've played before, but oh, really? in Korean or in Chinese. Because I I know the the melody of it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that they played a cover of that in a different language over the loudspeaker at least in a few episodes. Um, maybe the first one.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Definitely let me know because I I want to know if we've heard this song before. That's really cool. So what I thought was really funny was that Loretta Swit can actually sing, and in this scene she is singing so so poorly. And I always think it's really funny when in shows, when an actor has a talent like singing or dancing, and then they make the character not be able to sing or dance or something like that as like comedy, because, you know, the actor who's playing the character can actually do those things. I don't know. Just something about it just always makes me laugh.
0: Yes, I I love that, too. So that takes more talent to kind of know what you can do very well and how to present it. Like you cannot. Yeah. Uh, I always find so funny. It's also one of my favorite things, and I really like this scene. I haven't seen it five hundred times, so I just thought it was very <laughs> funny. I love that Hawkeye was the backup singer. And yeah. Like, I don't even want to be here. Uh, <laughs> and then they try to do an encore, and then. Just everyone leaves. They're like, no, we're we're gone.
1: (laughs) I always think it's nice too when they do these things, and it's charity events. I just I love when they're doing something that's like sweet.
0: Yeah, and they raised like three hundred something dollars for charity. Yeah, that's a lot of money back then.
1: That's a lot of money now. Yeah, really. But then in the final scene, we get. Casey leaving and he talks to Hawkeye again and this is why I say oh wow maybe Hawkeye should have you know done something more than just like let this guy go yeah because Casey goes and he's like yeah thanks Hawkeye thanks for everything that you did and you didn't do and stuff like that and then Hawkeye sees that he's got a cross on his uniform, even like though a cross he's pin, Jewish. Even though he's Jewish, <laughs> and he is now posing as a priest. And wherever he's going next, he's gonna pose as a priest, which is yeah. so just mo- everything about that is just morally bankrupt.
0: <laughs> that was actually kind of insane. Uh, no, I agree. I agree with you now, actually. That this, this man is Loki a supervillain. Because that is a crazy thing to do. And he one hundred percent
1: did not learn his lesson from Hawkeye and almost catching him. <laughs> I
0: thought it was so funny the reaction that Hawkeye had to this. The guy like walks away and then Hawkeye's like like just makes a face and he's just <laughs> so like perplexed. It's incredible. Really funny way to end this this story uh, mm-hmm. when you think it's like a good lesson and then it's like, no, actually, this guy is like the chameleon. Like he's just, he's just <laughs> has no identity of his own.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. I really liked it. Um, he's going
0: to fight Spider-Man in the next movie.
1: <laughs> I also wanted to note at this ending scene, Hawkeye is concluding his letter to his dad And he says, give mom and sis a kiss for me. And I just always love pointing out continuity errors in shows. He Um, doesn't
0: have a sister?
1: So actually, in this is not really a spoiler for later episodes, but in later episodes, it's kind of established that Hawkeye is an only child and that his mom had passed away. And in the episode Moose, Hawkeye says, oh, I always wish I had a sister, kind of indicating that he doesn't have a sister. So it's like, what's happening here?
0: Yeah, I guess they just, you know, back then they didn't really care about continuity because oh, yeah, they no, weren't expecting everyone to see every episode in yeah. order. So you kind of just did what was for the the episode that you were writing it's very self-contained even if it even if it contradicted other episodes i think
1: it's funny also though that there was another continuity error in dear dad yeah (laughs) when he said when hawkeye said that his dad was in vermont or something like that he's like he's not from vermont (laughs) but yeah so then that's the end of this episode i i enjoyed it
0: good one good good fun time do you have any trivia to, to bless us with, or are we...
1: Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. The trivia is actually about Captain Casey. You're, I, th- I think you're going to be blown away by this one. I think you're going to find this Blown really
0: away. So okay. <laughs> let's, let's rock and roll.
1: So Captain Casey, or Sergeant Schwartz, uh, was played by actor Alex Henteloff. Uh, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. So this actor was in a lot of TV shows in the 60s and 70s, like most... You know, guest stars on MASH were. He was on The Betty White Show, Family Ties, Murder, She Wrote, Dynasty, Night Court, St. Elsewhere, Columbo. He also played a regular Columbo! on a show. Yeah. He also played a regular on a show called Deals and Pins, which I've never heard of, but I kind of want to look into now that I know he was on it. because I think this actor was really, really good. Okay. Okay. But no, 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 Ethan. I'm not done. <laughs> okay. So this is not confirmed. But it's too much of a coincidence to not be connected somehow. So Casey's character, I believe, is based off of this really famous imposter. His name was Fernando Waldo de Mara. And throughout the 20th century, he impersonated so many people. Like, he impersonated a naval surgeon a civil engineer a monk a teacher like all of these crazy things and he like got away with it and i thought it was i thought it was really funny because of the jobs that he impersonated casey had also impersonated certain ones that he also impersonated like casey said that he impersonated an engineer and a lawyer and that was one of, or two of the things that this Damara guy had impersonated. And then at the end, Casey goes on to impersonate a priest. And two times this Damara character man impersonated uh, monks. And I thought that that was so interesting.
0: Whoa, that's crazy. That's like, a, I know this was based on a true story too. So maybe it's a similar guy. I don't think it's the same guy, but that, that Steven Spielberg movie, Catch Me If You Can Yeah, that's with, what uh, I with Leonardo thinking DiCaprio. Of. That's crazy that like pre-internet people could just do that because yeah. records weren't kept very well. So it's crazy that there were multiple people who were famous for like not being who they said they were. That's yeah. crazy actually. It's insane.
1: I'm going to have to link this guy's Wikipedia page because okay. he is just, I I haven't even scratched the surface of this guy that Casey's based off of. It's so, so cool. And there was a 1961 movie apparently based on this guy called The Great Imposter. And oh now I kind of want to watch it.
0: <laughs> yeah, same. I, I love stuff like that. That is really fun. And congratulations. You did kind of blow my mind. You, you <laughs> Yay, I've succeeded. some very interesting trivia on this lovely <laughs> evening of ours. <laughs> Just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Friar Balco for being our technical consultant vanessa's sister melissa for awesome cover art links to our music and social media are in the description and as always we'd like to thank you our listeners uh if you don't mind send us uh, an email or a tweet anything tell us what you think and until next time sing your heart out at your local talent show even if no one likes it goodbye farewell and amen
1: bye everyone